Great day, everyone. Great day. So I have two questions for you. The first one is, have you ever been in a situation where you didn't quite feel like you belonged? How about this one? Have you ever had someone walk on stage and slap you? In? No, 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 no. Just kidding. That's not what I want to say. What I want to say is, have you ever found yourself emotionally hijacked just when you just lost it? I think we have all probably experienced one of those two situations. So today on the Coffee with Rhonda show, we're going to talk a little bit more. We're going to sort of wade in the shallow waters of both of these topics as we prepare to lead above the grind. Let's get started. day everyone welcome 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 so glad you are here welcome to another episode of the coffee with Rhonda show this is season six and this is episode 69 so super excited about this we are here because we are your cup full of inspiration revelation and wit for today's savvy leader and we are excited today to have a conversation about belonging we're going to talk a little bit about that what it is and sometimes why we get it wrong. And then we had this situation happen this past weekend. So we're gonna dive a little bit into that as we have our resident um, psychologist with us. Casey, you didn't know that, did you? I'll take it. <laughs> it's a new honor for you. So we're so glad that you're here with us today. So. Let's start with a couple of uh, housekeeping items for today for everyone out there. First, a little bit of an announcement and then two quick things, two quick asks of you. The first announcement is starting next week, we are going to move to live streaming on YouTube. It's going to be our primary streaming platform and we're going to, uh, you'll still be able to watch it from Facebook and LinkedIn, but it'll, the link will be through YouTube. So that'll be a little bit new. So if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. You don't want to miss an episode. Next, right now, pause, like, share the video. Share this video with someone. It's going to be a good one. And there is someone out there who wants to see and hear this information. And then finally, don't forget to comment because your comments power our discussion and our conversation. So we look forward to your comments. Sometimes they take us down the rabbit hole. We try not to let it do that too often and try to pull it back a little bit, uh, but we love your comments. It sort of inspires us and powers the conversation. So with that being said, my name is Rhonda Y. Williams and I'm your host for the show. I am known as an R soul or recovering stressed out leader. They now call me the stress-free leader and I help, um, 
growth-focused servant leaders uh, to expand their skill set so that they can reduce toxic and negative stress and be more effective. So visit us at Leadership Above the Grind Mentoring and Coaching Academy to learn more about what we're doing in the world. You can visit EliteLeaders.com, EliteLeaders.com. So that is me, and I have my handy Lead Above the Grind cup because I think today we're going to need to Lead Above the Grind. And um, I have boring old coffee in my cup today, so that's all I've got in my cup. So that's me and what's going on. Let's get to our co-host. Marae, let's start with you. Good evening to you. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Mireille, the great nature engineer, tuning in from Perth, Australia. And, you know, I'm about to be going on Saturday, on Sunday on my side. So you know me by now. I am a global entrepreneur uh -oh. and I'm all about greatness. And I make sure that people understand that they have that, this greatness inside of them and make sure that they use this philosophy that I call greatness and generate to make their life, you know, to, to become the best that they can be and help their community to be the best as well. I'm also an engineer, so it's, uh, it's another part of uh, me that I enjoy. And today I'm drinking um, lemon tea, so Ooh. it's kind of... Uh oh, be interesting before going to bed. So thank you. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> thank you, Marae. Lemon tea. Yum. That sounds delicious. And so, Roz, good day to you. Hello, hello, hello. I'm home again. I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am Roz Jones, and at, and I am at home. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I am the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we help expand the life of your loved one. Why do I do it? I do it to help the caregiver to reduce that SOS on that journey, which is being stressed, overwhelmed, and providing safety and security. When you can't do it all, give us a call. I have my two-sided cup. I have the coffee with Rhonda, and then I have, uh, I'm going to flip and lead above the ground. I don't, I, I, I don't know which way we're going to go. So <laughs> I have the two-sided cup. And I got pe peppermint tea, honey, and I'm doing like our friend in um, that other country, and I got something else in my my tea. You know who I'm talking about? The guy that always oh. adds some liquid refreshments in his tea. <laughs> Michael. Michael. Yes. <laughs> I'm doing Michael this <laughs> to celebrate that Michael. I am home. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you're pulling. You're pulling the Michael today. That's great. <laughs> I hope he's out there. I hope he catches this episode. He usually joins us. So that's awesome. Thank you so much, Roz and Murray. So Casey, welcome back to the show. We're so happy to have you. Our, listen, guys, we made him an honorary um, psychologist or resident psychologist for the show. So we're great to have, glad to have you. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do in the world and what you have in your cup. Thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. I'm so excited to be back. Um, I'm Casey Lenko. I'm a psychologist and co-founder of A Deeper Way. And what we do is really take the art and science of psychology and bring it into organizations to help them cultivate uh, psychologically safe, inclusive, and as we're going to get to belonging focused uh, organizations. So uh, really excited to be here. And I am having... Uh, all I ever have, which is just plain old coffee, but um, I can't get enough of it. So excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Casey. And, um, you know, we're going to we're going to dive in. But first, we're going to say hello to a few folks that are out there. 
Um, and so as I look at who's uh, chatting with us this morning, mom is out there. Hello, mother. I think this is your first live show this season. We've missed you. Thank you for being out there. She said, yay, good morning. So excited to be here for another show, another awesome show. She is apple juice uh, in her Coffee with Rhonda show cup, and she's ready to go. There you go. Sounds delicious. Thank you so much. David is out there. Hey, David, haven't seen you in a bit. I hope things are well. Always good to see you. He says, grateful day. Regina is out there as well. Good morning. Regina here in Texas. Hey, sis, have yummy coffee in my cup. And then we have, uh, let's see, we have Tona out there says, send me links. Okay, we will send you links for sure. Um, I think you're talking about to the Academy, so we will definitely send those to you. And then uh, Maria. Hi, Maria. Maria tuning in from the Netherlands. Always great to see you. And then we have my buddy out there, my colleague, Jim Kinsey. Hey, good morning. Great day to you. Really good to see you out there. And we have Marcel, who is um, another a, a deeper way facilitator out there tuning in. He says, good morning, emotional intelligence expert. Great to see you, Marcel. All right, everyone, let's get started. So we've got a lot to cover today. So we're going to talk a little bit first. We're going to dive into talking about this, this slap gate, as, as I've heard it termed. This was, as I like to call it, the slap that sort of transversed the world faster than the speed of light, I think. Um, and let's start by talking a little bit about that. We're not going to talk about it from the context of right and wrong. You can if you want. It's a free world. If you want to put that in the comments, have at it, you know, sort of do you. Uh, but we're going to talk about it from a little bit of a different lens. Let's see if I can make this work. I would really like to for us to just kind of take a look at it um, together and then talk a little bit about emotional hijacking and the amygdala hijack and what that um, means for all of us. So let's see if I can if I can make this work. So if we go here, go here. All right. Oh, boy, I don't think it's going to work. All right. We're not going to do that. It's not going to work. I was going to show it to you. <laughs> so here's the deal. So during the show, um, Chris Rock made a joke. He made a joke about Jada Pinkett. And um, the reference was to G.I. Jane. And if you were to put a side by side of them, you would see that they both um, basically shaved their heads, you know, uh, Jada for alopecia reasons, and then uh, G.I. Jane for the movie. And after he made that joke, you know, People laughed and ha ha, but then Will Smith then walked up on the stage and smacked him in public, live and on TV, right? A lot of other drama and dynamics followed that. But I want to start first by asking all of you, have you ever had an amygdala hijack? Have you ever been in a situation where you've gotten hijacked? So I know this is a question out of the blue. If you're out there in the audience, I'm asking you as well. Have you ever had a moment where you found yourself sort of emotionally hijacked and it was like a runaway train. I'll share mine first as I give you all the time all the time to process this. So when I was younger, <clears throat> there was, gosh, I think I was in middle school and I rode the bus to school and this guy would pick on me and he would just tease me every day, right? And mom, I don't know if this is the first time you're hearing this story, mom, but just, Hang on for a minute. <laughs> so 
so he would tease me every day, this guy. And so this went on for some time. Well, one day I get on the bus and he starts teaching me and I just hop up out of my seat and I start swinging. Like literally. Now there's, he's a guy, right? So I'm pretty sure I'm going to get killed in the process. Uh, even at that age, I knew that, right? But I just started swinging. So we are on the bus fighting. They're taking us off the bus. We're still fighting. They put us in front of the principal's office. I'm still swinging. Like, I am so pissed. I am so over it. I'm like, no, we're going to settle this right now. This is all I'm taking, right? And so that was the first time I had that hijack. I had it happen to me once again later where I just sort of snapped on someone and lost it because they were being in my in my um perception inappropriate mm. right just sort of lost it and did the same thing now we're just fighting right and so this has happened to me twice in my life after that second time i went ooh rhonda hmm what is this what is this thing that this is the second time it's happened to you so um, I have been there and I want to just ask all of you, just in this moment of grounding and connection, have you ever experienced that? So who wants to go first? Well, I sure can. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to jump in because I, I, I'd like to even offer, you know, this happens to every human all the time. And mm. so... Uh, it's not a, you know, to your earlier point, Rhonda, even further, it's not a, well, you're a good person if this doesn't happen to you and you're a bad person if it does. No, you're just a person when it happens because uh, that's what we're hardwired to do. Uh, I think the, as I think about my personal example, you know, the, the caveat that I would add, my emotionality tends to run very low. Um, mm -hmm. So meaning I don't have a lot of big emotional reactions to things, which presents its own issues on the other side. But um when I was uh, my first career, I was a high school choir director and uh, my first job, I was 22 years old in charge of like 100 students at a time. No one should ever do this. And, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what I was doing and, you know, dealing with all these students. And I would often find myself in those moments, right, where I was so terrified of trying to manage these 100 students that I would sometimes just start yelling. Right. And, and that that would be one of those moments that later I would regret and uh, it's not effective, all those kinds of things. So the most examples probably come from that those early days of being a first year teacher. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I look back when you look back on that now, Casey. What do you think when you look back on that now? You know, I, I think I don't shame myself and I don't think, you know, how ridiculous. Um, and I also learned how ineffective it was every time. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, those early teaching days, while some of them were pretty rough, um, I'm just thankful for what I was able to learn about myself in terms of what, what to do in those moments when you mm -hmm. feel like you don't have any other option but to fly off the handle. Right, right. Awesome. Thank you, Casey, for sharing that. Roz, what about you? Have you had any emotional hijack moments where Jaquita Alice Jenkins comes out? <laughs> you noticed I was real quiet, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the part I love on the Coffee with Rhonda show, the whole transparency thing. 
Well, not too long ago, in a far off city, I'm teasing. <laughs> Let me tell you this fairy tale. No, seriously, uh, I, I was in high school. I, I I remember it like yesterday. I was in high school, and I was at a, a swimming party, and someone had told me that someone said something had said something about my mama. Well, in the black community, that's not a good thing. You don't talk about nobody, mama, and expect to live. <laughs> so I did a Will Smith and a Kirk Franklin situation. <laughs> I fought and cussed. <laughs> and it's and it was and it was a trigger. It was a trigger. And then, you know, my mother was like, oh, my God, those words didn't hurt me. And I said, but but it, to me, it was about her honor and her integrity. That was me mm. back then. Now, I still got a little bit in me. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. There's a little residue left in there, you know. And then, and then, you know, even in some relationships that I have had, I didn't go Will Smith, but I did go Kirk Franklin, you know, because... Mm -hmm. A lot of it I had been holding, to be honest with you. I just been letting stuff pile up, pile up, and then all of a sudden, kaboom! And yes, Jaquita Alize Jenkins Johnson did come back. Lesson, <laughs> lesson learned. Lesson learned is that uh, if something is bothering me, I don't hold it. Some people hold it and hold it, and pressure will bust a pipe. I'm not gonna have my pressure going up. I'm not gonna ruin my energy. I'm not gonna let my joy be stolen anymore. So. I, I I approach it more delicately now than what I used to. And I'm Ross Jones and I'm done talking. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Ross Jones, for sharing that with us. Yeah, I know about that hole when you hold it and hold it. That's what happened to me, right? Held it, held it, held it. All of a sudden, boom, I was gone. Oh, right. Yeah. Which is not my not my normal. I'm usually much kinder than that, but in those moments, not so much. So Marae, what about you? What's what's your moment? Oh dear, my my moment is uh, is terrible because um, I, I used to do a lot of sport, uh, you know, when I was young. So age fifteen, I was playing uh, I was playing in a basketball team, and there was a, a girl actually who didn't like me. So she used to just show it all the time. And that day we had a match, and you know I made a mistake, and we lost because of that. And she actually uh, called me the N word. And you know what I did? There was a bin, you know, those big bin next to uh, next to us. When she told me, I took her, I put her in the bin, and I sat on the bin. <laughs> people had to, people had to, <laughs> to come and talk to me before I could get out of this bin. So that was terrible. But I've I've never done this. Uh, you know, no, that wasn't terrible. That was the right thing to do. You did right. I've learned from the mistake. But I can tell you, she she actually understood and she was avoiding me, you know, all the time. I, I never heard about her anymore. Each time she would see me, she'll change her. So that's that's my terrible, uh, you know, my terrible uh, emotion burst, if I can I can say. But now I, you know, I just remove myself from anything, sit down and, and you know, think about it. Or I start speaking French, but from far. But I don't touch anybody. <laughs> you all for sharing that right and i wanted to do yeah. that because there's this tendency 
to go to that place of judgment. So the situation mm -hmm. with Will Smith happened and everybody is aghast and, oh my gosh, how could you? I really wanted to bring forward the fact that we are all human, right? We've mm -hmm. all had our moment. We may not be Will Smith. It may not be on the stage of the Oscars, but we've all had those moments. And that takes me back to a place of um, compassion, right, for this situation. So let's talk a little bit about that before we do regina says um i am just going to say yes <laughs> i sure have had that moment but not anymore i sure try to keep myself out of these mental spaces and tough and and michelle had um a comment michelle i'm not going to read it all but she's basically saying that this is a basic human emotion right it's what we do with the emotions that matter michelle that's so true um there's another video of him slapping a fan who hugged him uh, I think we do have this universal feeling and tend to internalize um, and then later cry. She said, I tend to internalize and then later cry. So thank you for sharing that. Maria says being Italian, ooh, number one, and from New York, <laughs> the chances of an emotional hijack is high, Maria. We, <laughs> we definitely feel that. And she said, if you can imagine, but if you allow things to build up, it, it really hinders rational thinking. And I think that's the key. Right. That's what you were saying, Roz, when you allow it to build mm -hmm. um, that <laughs> Maria says, well done, Marae. So she <laughs> she's she says she she's totally agreeing with with your response there. And then Jim said there was a time when a team member at another organization said said one thing that just tipped the scale like Roz and it went full. She went full Will and Kirk. He said he went full Will and Kirk. You know, boy, we got a lot of Will and a lot of Kirk going on here. Uh, but I think that's important. So let's talk about this in the context of emotional hijacking, right? So what is an emotional and an amygdala? So here's the thing, when that happens to us, it is a normal part of our brain functioning. So we all need to know now when we're in that snap moment, it's like, okay, the amygdala has taken the wheel. So Casey, talk to us a little bit about like, what, what, what can we do about that? And what can we do to help minimize that? Yeah, well, the, 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 the thing that's tricky is that you know, as we've laid down here, it's a normal human process, right? We are we are psychologically, biologically, physiologically hardwired to protect ourselves, and the amygdala the amygdala's sole purpose is to scan and evaluate for threats, right? And when it when it perceives a threat, um, game over, as it, as it were, and. The thing that, that I wanted to offer here is this really, really annoying truth. Uh, and I want to I want to acknowledge how annoying it is before I say it, because I know how annoying it is. Mm -hmm. And it's that even though we have that hardwiring, we still always have a choice with how we respond to it. Mm -hmm. We just do. 
And I remember the first time I heard that idea that everything is a choice. It was like at a school assembly in like sixth or seventh grade. And I was so annoyed and pissed because it seems ridiculous, right? <laughs> and, and I want to I want to acknowledge that and recognize that. But when we really, really think about it, um, it is true. Right. And even though it doesn't feel like we have a choice, we always have a choice. And how we respond to those moments of hijacking, they're going to have consequences. And I think if we want to get to the point where we're sort of elevating ourselves as a species, right, one of the things that separates us from other animals is our capacity to have self-awareness, our capacity mm -hmm. to be able to see ourselves and think through and have intention with how we behave and how we respond. And so the very first step, um, it can sound cliche, but it's always self-awareness, right? So we don't have to let the amygdala tell us what to do. We can recognize and say, oh, here it comes and ask ourselves, what do I want to do with this? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Rhonda, I, I have a quick question for Casey. Is this where, and, and I'm not trying to make light of this, is this where people sometimes say, I've gone temporarily insane? You, you, you know, you hear that in court? Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be the equivalent of it, right? Because the, the physiological experience is, I feel like if if I don't do stuff, mm -hmm. right, I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. Right. That That's the physical experience. And let's be honest. There's situations where that might be true, right? There's situations where a, where a threat is actually mm -hmm. real to our physical selves, and we do need to, to do that. But most often, we're, we're having that psychological response, like it feels like I'm going to die, but it's actually not what's actually going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. And it's that choice that we have, right? That That's what separates us as humans. That's what gives us our humanity, the fact that we can reason and we have the ability to make choices, even though our instinct is saying one thing. We still have our logical processes and reasoning where, which we can choose. And sometimes when we're younger, we don't make the best choice. And hopefully as we grow and we learn and we evolve, then we go, oh, gee, I think I can make a better choice here. Right. And, but sometimes even then not particularly with those that you care about, man, we can hit those triggers pretty quickly. So, um, yeah, really important discussion. I didn't want to I don't want to take all the time on this, but I wanted to bring it forward for us so that we're thinking about what happened and then going away from the judgment aspect of it to what really happened, and then what do we all do about that? So I'm going to go to our first segment, and I want to go to our caregiver car chronicles, because I really love uh, the one that you shared with us this week, Ross. So as we're talking about being hijacked, right, being in that emotion, overly emotional place, I think there are some tips in this caregiver car chronicles that is going to help us. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Ross Jones back with 
uh, Caregiver Car Chronicles, and let's talk a little bit about meditation today. We make it harder than what it is. And so meditation allows you to stay calm. And what are some of the benefits of, med of meditation for, number one, your emotional health? Number two, it helps you with self-awareness. Number three, it helps you control anxiety. Number four, it reduces stress. And number five, it has a calming effect on your overall personal self. So I'm Ross Jones, and I'm done with the Caregiver Car Chronicles. <laughs> so I love that, Roz, because particularly in what we're talking about today, right, the benefits of maybe you need a bit of meditation, maybe you need a minute, right, to, to gather yourself and your thoughts around that. So um, any other comments on number one, what we're talking about, and number two, the benefits of doing something like a meditation to help manage yourself through that? I, I want I wanted to make a comment on when when we were young, I wasn't taught to identify what was going on. I wasn't. I was, you know, I I didn't learn about self-awareness and some of these other things. Rhonda really it, one thing I did learn, you know, even though about the emotional, you know, intelligence piece was until I met you and, and some of the things that we have done privately. So I wasn't even aware sometimes for decades or years that I could manage this. I didn't know. It was just get out here and put a can of whip ass on somebody. I'm just being <laughs> honest. You know? And, and you're right. I mean, it's, it's not even part of the, you know, the mainstream education. It, those are things that you have to look for or, you know, get it from your, um, in your environment, from your parents. Otherwise, you know, you just don't know and, 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 and you don't realize how, you know, you come across and how you would react in a situation where you feel like you, you, you've lost control. Mm -hmm. and yeah, sometimes people have to bring it. Sometimes people have to bring it to your attention, someone from the outside, because a lot of times you cannot recognize what's wrong with you. You know, if someone keeps saying you're a nag, you're a nag, you whine, you whine then sometimes you got to take a step back. But a lot of times, you, you know, like I said, I didn't know this until it was brought to my attention. Then I could do something about it. But what if I had known prior to mm -hmm. how, how to recognize, or, or let's just say I had a checklist. Okay, nagging, griping, you know, whatever. You know, so I didn't know that. I didn't know it. So, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead, Rhonda. No, no, I was just going to ask Casey if he wanted to add anything before we pull in a few guest comments. Yeah, I was just going to say it highlights why this show is so important and why these discussions are so important, because even when these things happen sort of in, within our broader culture, how we talk about them as a culture and a society is so unhelpful, right? Because as you mentioned, Rhonda, in your introductory comments, we go to, and this is, this is part of the hijacking, we go to, rather than taking a step back and, and asking what's really happening here, what's going on, we go to judging who's right and who's wrong, right? And it that in itself, that kind of discussion only serves as a justification to perpetuate the behavior that we don't want to continue, right? Who cares who's right or wrong, right? Let's talk about the human process that happened here and give us all tools so that we recognize we do have a choice in that moment. Yeah, Casey, I love that because I wonder that if along with teaching us math and history, 
maybe we taught emotional management, right? And I know that some schools are starting to try to adjust the curriculum a bit. Um, And so that's definitely good news because those are things we need to learn along with, hmm, let's say financial management, right? Why don't we teach that in grade? Anyway, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) This is a rabbit hole. One of those rabbit holes I mentioned earlier. So um, so mom's out there. She said in her younger years, although she never started things, she was quick tempered and ready to finish it. But today I rely on my spirituality and listen to my inner spirit. This mm-hmm. works. Thank you so much for that contribution. Michelle said, yes, taking the time daily to process your emotions from the day every day. Mad, sad, happy, thankful helps you balance out and not let the negative build. Maria said, a can of whoop ass, Roz. I can't with you. And that's so hilarious. And then, Roz, I love the Card Chronicles. Um, I meditate often. This is uh, new to me. The whole emotional intelligence and personal development is new. This has been a real game changer for me. And as you said, Casey, I think that's why these conversations are so important. They're really, really meaningful. So let's, let's now go to what we were going to talk about today, which was belonging, right? And and I think the two kind of do dovetail together um, and they come together. There's one more coming out there. Jim said, Rhonda, you're exactly right. If all of us um, on the call recognize, then we uh, we improved when we when we learned, then it would then it should be taught. Ugh, that was a tongue twister, Jim. You did that on purpose. You twisted up my tongue. No. No, but you're right, Jim, that, you know, if we are paying attention, if we are listening and taking the lessons, we all learn. I learned from what happened on that stage, right? It wasn't me personally, but it was a learning moment. And I think a teachable moment, which is what I love having the ability to do on this show. So Regina said, um, I was the poster child for being emotionally hijacked, but not anymore. Not the poster child, Regina. (laughs) So that's great. So let's move into belonging, because what I want to talk about with this is belonging is one of those things that feels like it should be super simple, right? It it should be really like what's hard about that? Uh, um, creating an environment where people feel like they belong feels like it should not be hard, but some, for some reason it is. And so, um, Casey, I want you to tee this up for us. I want you to tell us when we come back on the other side, because we're gonna do, uh, we're gonna go to Marae's greatness minute. Because now that we've all confessed our sins around our emotional hijacking, I think we all need to lean into our greatness. Um, and so, we're gonna do our greatness minute. And everybody, I love the segment that um, Marae shared with us. And then we're gonna have Casey explain to us a little bit from his perspective about what belonging is and why the heck it feels so hard to, to accomplish. This is Mariah, the greatness engineer with you. Do you know that greatness is about listening to yourself? Do you take time to pause and listen to to yourself and to what you have inside? What voice can you hear? Is it the negative voice that is scaring you and telling you that it's too dangerous to step out of your comfort zone? Or can you hear this positive voice that is telling you to feel your fear and do it anyway and go out of your comfort zone where the growth is happening? 
nothing is going to be smooth for you in life. I mean, you're going to be scared. You're going to be tested. There's going to be a lot of obstacle, but don't lose sight of your greatness. Go feel the fear and be scared into your greatness. That's my message for you today. See you next week. I love that. Be scared into your greatness. So be scared, feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, really, really great uh, segment for us. Thank you so much for that, Marae. So, so Casey, talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, this whole belonging thing and why it's so darn hard. Yeah, I, I think all kinds of obstacles and barriers, but I think if I were to narrow it down, really boil it down, it's really because belonging is an emotional experience, right? And so really the first, our first conversation to your point, Ron, it ties directly into this because the thing that actually gets in the way of experiencing belonging and offering belonging to others is being emotionally hijacked. And, and sort of how we talk about that in our framework with a deeper way, we call that being in self-protection, right? When, we, when our fears get hooked and we have that our amygdala takes over and we have the urge to protect ourselves, whether we're doing that physically with physical violence, which is less often, but more often with psychological violence and putting up walls and, and throwing our stuff at other people, that's the thing that gets in the way. And uh, rain me in here, Ron, if I'm, if I'm rambling too far too much, but you know, we, we, we put belonging in that space of diversity, equity, inclusion, which that's very fine and appropriate, but the thing that often happens in that kind of work is a bunch of content and rule-based interventions, right? Which is, well, this is how you have to talk to people. This is language you can use. This is language you can't use and all of these things. And, and you know, we're going to count how many people we have from protected classes. And then we'll know if we've achieved inclusion and all of those things, right? That don't incorporate all of this is an emotional experience right <laughs> but most of us aren't comfortable talking about our emotions and most of us you know don't wake up wanting to be assholes and so as a point to try to avoid that we just don't talk right and what ends up happening is so many of these DEI interventions the data shows this, they actually make things worse inside of organizations because people just go, well, I'm going to be the one that says something wrong, so I'm just not going to talk to anybody. And then we further isolate ourselves. Um, meanwhile, no one feels like they belong. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's right. Roz, did you want to add? No, I was I was thinking as, as he was speaking that all day is an emotional experience. Yeah. Everything. All day. It, it, it's, as soon as you said it, I leaned in. I'm like, oh, my God. As soon as we get up, you know, we have to set the atmosphere. You know, we pray, we meditate, we, you know, we take a shower. If we're not clean, that's, a, you know, that's an experience. If we're clean, that's an experience. <laughs> you know, if we eat, if we brush, it's, it's everything we do is, is, is attached to emotions and an experience. Everything. And if I could respond to that, Roz, sure. I think it, I think it, how you really highlighted that shows the disservice that has been done to all of us, right? <laughs> because we, we've been told for so long, right? 
the, the phrase you're being too emotional, right? As a means of, well, humans are emotional beings. And so the more that we try to pretend that we aren't, and the more that people with power tell us that we have to be rational, that we're being too emotional, right? It's, it's, it, it leads to that necessity of the human spirit having to explode at some point, right? Because you can't suppress your emotional experience. It literally won't work. And it's going to leak out in one way or another eventually. Mm, I love, I think Marcel's comment speaks to this perfectly. So Marcel said, one of the biggest things about emotions is that people think they can control them. Right. We can navigate our emotions and others that. think there are good emotions and bad emotions. Emotions are teachers. They're trying to tell us something. We may not like the feeling of a specific emotion, but that's why, why um, certainly it's a, it is discomfort to figure out what it is telling us not why we are having that emotion is important. So Marcel, what I hear you saying is, it's the why, right? Um, we're having that, the exploration of that, that's important. And then Regina said, uh, Marae, uh, yes, thank you. New beginnings can be scary, but thank you for telling us to feel fear and do it anyway. I'm learning to listen to my positive intuition. Mm. Yeah, so, so I do think that it's that emotional thing but as leaders, so I was um, sharing with Casey that um, in, in preparing for this, I'm just focused on belonging feels like it should be easy, but mm -hmm. it feels hard. And so I want, uh, Marae, you to contribute and, and come in and share your thoughts. No, belong, belonging can be uh, difficult, especially, I mean, for me, I've, uh, I've, I've uh, lived in different cultures. So the cultural part is very, very important in managing emotions. Uh, I still remember when, you know, I started working in, in South Africa and I, I just realized that, you know, people were not talking to me, especially my team, they were not talking to me, uh, you know, I, I sensed that there was something wrong and, uh, and, and I didn't feel like I was fitting. But the problem, what I didn't understand is that uh, for them, you know, when you are their superior, there are some emotion and a, a, a language that they have to, you know, use to talk to you or a way to behave. So they don't really show the emotion. And for me, I look at it as, no, they don't, they probably don't like me, but it was just the way they were told that it was just the way, you know, the community was working. And so th those are very important things that we, we need to know and we need to manage. Uh, when we talk about belonging, because sometimes our own interpretation of uh, what's happening around us can actually trigger the wrong emotions and and mm. and, and really lead you to the you know the hijack that you were talking about. So that's uh, I think that's yeah. that's a key one that we we need to uh, you know we, we need to look at. And uh, and again in South Africa I had. Uh, an American, you know, uh, staff who was really, you know, talking about and then showing his emotion, but uh, it was not appreciated. I mean, people didn't like it, and 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 you could see, you know, the cultural difference mm -hmm. uh, trigger different emotion and and uh, and creating a, a dynamic that was difficult to manage. Mm. Mm. Thank you uh, for that, Marie Roz. 
I was thinking about the emotional belonging. I said, it's like going through a TSA checkpoint, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because, you know, you, okay, I want to belong to this group. So now I got to go through all this. Ah. You know, I got to go through all this, you know, preliminary. What's your name? Where are you from? Who's, who's your mama? How much you make? Where do you work? Where do you live? What kind of clothes do you have on? Are you wearing makeup? Do you, you know, it's like it's like mm -hmm. going through a, a total body scan before you can belong. Mm -hmm. Well, Roz, and I think if I could just add to that, I think that highlights the distinction between fitting in and belonging. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. Those are those are different things, and we tend to organize ourselves uh, again, sort of naturally, right? It's from, from a protective yeah. standpoint around fitting in, right? Well, well, does, does this meet the criteria for me to feel comfortable? Okay, then you can come in. Um, that's doesn't that's not belonging though. Um, and I wanted to add to what Marae said because you to me, you have the mic drop moment so far. Uh, and what I heard in there is sort of this principle that we talk about at a deeper way, which is, the degree to which we know and accept ourselves mm -hmm. determines the degree to which we can know and accept others. And it's something that we miss all the time in this kinds of work at within organizations, because what we, what we tend to say uh, culturally, again, not like literally we, but um, is, well, leaders are responsible for creating psychologically safe and inclusive environments. That's true. That's true to a point, because the other side of that is, well, if the people within the organization haven't done their own work to be able to receive that safety and belonging, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, because my reactions to other people are usually all my own stuff, right? For the most part. <laughs> and so, you know, I could theoretically have a leader who's doing all the right things, but I haven't done enough work to be able to receive that. And so it really does have to be a full circle. It's not just the leaders. They have the most power to have the most impact, but it also has to be everyone doing their work because everyone contributes to what the culture is, not just leaders. And I think we miss that sometimes. But Case, I want to ask a question. Sometimes do we take on another identity to belong? Well, I, I would, yes. And I would say that's not belonging. Okay. Right? But true belonging. Mm. is the emotional experience mm -hmm. of getting to be there as you are, right? Having a seat at the table, getting to contribute um, just as you are and not having to shift and morph into something. That's fitting in, but that's not, that's not belonging. And that's that why we have to really realize that belonging is an emotional experience. I'm the only one that knows if I feel like I belong, right? You can't, you could say, yes, you belong here, but I decide if I feel that or not. Mm -hmm. Oh man, this is yeah. really, really and, and, it, and it's, uh, it's, it's actually quite interesting because uh, especially for us women, you know, working in, in male-dominated environment, we've seen actually a lot of women starting to behave like men 
because for them it was uh, to have a sense of belonging and be able to uh, to be part of this you know the tribe of women that the tribe of men that are you know around them and yet you know uh, a lot of them actually don't actually feel that they belong and 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 that's you know the tricky part sometimes for uh, a lot of women is like you know what how do i be able to come as an authentic woman with my feminine you know leadership and and, and the, my feminine you know way of doing things or do i emulate my you know my male counterpart and 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 really try to fit in to to, to have the feeling that i belong and that's a, a key question for for a lot of women and also too i want to oh this is just going so good being a part of the the good old boys club you know women were ostracized for so long. You know, we had to be a mother, we had to breastfeed, we, you know, we had to take our kids to school. And a lot of times men didn't have the responsibility, but we still had to try to fit into the good old boys club, you know. And I just wanted to put that out there, Casey. Oh my gosh, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I think maybe one more layer on it. Um, the 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 barrier if we're to put one or two words on the barriers to real inclusion and real belonging it's that difference makes most people scared Ooh. that that's really what it is and then the reason for the fear it doesn't have anything to do with the other people the reason for the fear is my own insecurities, right? Because if I'm not secure enough in who I am, difference highlights that insecurity, mm. right? Difference goes, well, wait a minute now. This is how I've done it. This is how I've thought about it. This is what su success is supposed to look like. And if I'm not secure enough in my own identity, the presence of something different is very threatening to that, right? That's why this work is scary for most people to do because they're not willing to look at their own stuff. Wow. And you can re replace stuff with another word. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if we had to be G-rated. <laughs> I think we're already past that on this show. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> no, re really good. Let's go to see a couple of, of thoughts out there. So Regina says, um, Yes, welcome, Casey. No one wants to wake up being an a-hole, but why does there seem to be so many of those people out there? LOL. Regina, that's a whole nother show. I feel like, I feel fear. like we need a whole nother show on that, right? Fear. Fear. It's always fear. It's always fear. And given what Casey just told us, it might seem like they're the a-hole, but who are could it be you? I'm I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. I don't know. Um, so we also have um, Sandeep out there said emotional outbursts are required to be controlled in a positive way by showing the person empathy and love. Love that, right? If you always go to that place of empathy and love, it completely changes the game, right? Yep. And so thank you so much for joining us and tuning in. Uh, we appreciate having you here. Jim said, and Jim, Jim, uh, we're we're in his wheelhouse right now. He says. Um, one of two DEI is having the same experience that often happens to the best intentions and improvements. What's the fastest, easiest way to accomplish it, right? And that's what we do in most organizations. 
How do we do it fast? How do we do it easy? Let's not make it complex. Let's not go too deep. Right? Can you do all those things for me? Good, then let's do DEI. If you can't do those things, then they don't want any part of it. Such a great point, Jim. He said it is the work of creating the environment and the inclusion that creates the climate of belonging. Encouraging and supporting people to do their work needs to be a part of the process. And Casey, he is cheering you on. So this is really, really good stuff, everyone. Maria says belonging is not fitting in. Yeah. When you don't fit mm -hmm. in and you don't have that emotional experience, there's so, so much to this. Um, mom said, great question, Roz, another personality to belong. Yeah. Some of us have felt that way, right? In fact, one of the things that caused me to lead the CEO world uh, when I was leading hospitals is because I felt that, right? I was a black female, a CEO of an organization, right? It, it it just felt oppressive. And I got to a point where I was like, mm, not interested. Not interested because I feel like I need to be someone else. No. And I can only do that for so long and not do it very well at all. Right, yeah. um, Casey? I was just going to bring in my own personal experience with that. You know, when, when Tim and I started our business uh, over 15 years ago and we had some of our initial you know sales meetings with organizations hey can we work with you one of my terrifying uh fears going into those meetings was all right what if they find out i'm gay and then that becomes a deal breaker for them for whatever reason and then i ruin our business just because of who i am now at this point i don't really give a rip Right. And if, if you don't want to work with us because of who I am, well, I don't want to work with you either. Right. But but there's a journey of getting to that point where you have to be OK and secure with yourself so that other people actually don't really have any impact on you. Mm, man, we need another show for this. We need a whole nother show we for this. A whole nother hour. We might do an extended version. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, this is a real thing right now. And uh, and if you all have a couple of extra minutes, let's go a couple of extra minutes in this because this is really powerful, a powerful conversation. Casey, it's that getting to that point yeah. where you you know, where, where it's okay. The reason that the three of us can be on the show every week now, we laugh, we we tell our stories and stuff, is because we've gotten to that point. Mm -hmm. That wasn't always the case, right? I that was not That was just not always the case for us. So I think that really helping people to get there, and if you are a leader, if you are a leader with the power, if you are a parent with the power, right? If you are in any position of power, you own the responsibility, some of it, for making that happen and at least giving other people the space so they can do their inner work, right? Because right. you can't do that for them. So one of the things, Casey, as I was listening to the last episode, and um, there is a podcast that Tim and Casey um, host, and it's called Psychology at Work. Amazing podcast. And it really is about the work. Right. I love listening to it. Listen, I got so wrapped up in the podcast this morning, Casey, that I forgot to put on half my makeup. <laughs> so, like literally came out, sat down in front of the computer and went, oh, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Not so even joking here. about that. So I went back. But one of the things that you said, um, I can't remember if you said it or um, if Tim said it is. And I think I want to talk about this. People are not intentionally, so we talked about the a-holes and that sort of thing. 
for the most part, people are not intentionally trying to cause harm. They are not intentionally trying to make us feel excluded. But here's what you say happened. They're on autopilot. Yeah. Mm. They're just doing them, right? I'm just doing me, just doing my thing. I'm not not trying to hurt you. What's wrong with you? But that's the problem. You're that's on autopilot problem. and you're not thinking. Casey, take it away. That's Ooh. exactly the problem. Like <laughs> to, to use that phrase, well, I wasn't being intentional. Right. <laughs> that's when we end up being hurtful and and it it the, the thing how do i condense this into a short piece um i think if we had one thing that we would want people to experience in their lives it's to live with intention right because again as you said Rhonda earlier even that's one of those things that actually separates us from other species right we get to bring intention right? Every other species primarily acts on instinct. We don't have to do that. And that's how we can cultivate better lives and more content and peaceful lives, right? Mm -hmm. And so much human behavior is unintentional. And we regret what we did or what we said. And so, you know, so there's a lot of folks who, you know, kind of squash the idea of self-awareness and it's woo-woo and it's fluffy. Nah, <laughs> it's, it's essential to living with intention. And if we want to, you know, elevate this to the 100,000 foot level, right? If we want to have a shared society in which people can be them, their best selves, that requires us all to do our own individual part of living with intention. Mm. And so if I take care of what I need and I'm intentional with what I bring to every moment, that's going to lower the likelihood that I'm adding harm to the world. It's not going to guarantee it. We're all going to mess up. But that's the little thing I can do is control what I'm offering. Yeah. Murray, what are your thoughts? We're, we're, we're going sort of, we've talked about so much here. <laughs> and 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 that's you know and and I agree with Casey that it's a, it's about focusing on what you can control instead of trying to control things that are out of you know out of your control and because when when you focus on what you can control whatever happen around you you know that it's a reflection of somebody else so you don't pay attention to that and, and, and it's important that we put ourselves in that space where we know what we can control, we focus on it, and what's happening around us, it's, it's basically not visible to us because it belongs to somebody else, it belongs to a, a different energy. And I think that's, uh, that's the important, but it's not easy to do. Uh, there's a lot of work, you know, you, uh, you, know, you have to sit down, listen to your emotion, and, and it's dynamic. It's not something that you do one day and then you stop. You have to continue to grow, you know, in, in that space so that you can it can become uh, something automatic that you do each time that you are in a, in a situation where you are at the, at the limit, you know, right. and, and, and that's, that's really important. Yeah, Roz, you looked like you were wanted to add something. I'm going I'm to say this, in, because this is the only culture I know. Is, is is in my family, we were taught what goes on in this house stays in this house. So, so far as, as emotions, they were never discussed. They were never identified. 
you know, nothing. Laying on, talking about laying on the couch, getting, you know, we were taught to do the bear. Follow the instructions at work and don't do any more. Don't have any intentions outside. You know, do your nine to five and bring your behind home. Stay out of other people's business, bring your behind home. Don't talk about what's going on. Don't show no emotion. Just do the bear and get your check and come home. And it's so amazing how things have changed now. You know, COVID, COVID, COVID put us in warp speed. <laughs> COVID, COVID snatched all the rules and regulations, snatched, and everybody had to rewrite all of their policies because of COVID. You know, so I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this and, and recognizing this, and then when he said fear equals diff, uh, the, the differences highlighting our insecurity mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah yeah we never discussed our insecurities we never discussed our weaknesses because weakness was a sign of failure so i just i just i, I mm-hmm. i'm, I'm yeah. sorry go ahead. i'm gone no go ahead. this is good casey you wanted to add something well you you highlighted it right there Roz. right but we, we have to flip all of the wrong, incorrect, controlling, abusive stories that have been given to us for mm-hmm. generations and generations. And uh, so often th- th- those, those, those ideas come from two directions, right? They come from those of us, and, and you all certainly, I don't want to speak for you more than, than I, I, I can understand a sliver of it, who have been part of communities that have had to behave in certain ways, quite frankly, to survive. Mm-hmm. That's right. So there's so there's that element, and then though the 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 groups and 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 cultures in power, right, perpetuate that, right, by by often unconsciously. I'm not I'm not blaming anyone here. It's just mm-hmm. let's just talk about what is rather than focusing on the blame stuff that if we can continue to perpetuate these things, well, that, that, that works out all right for us because we don't actually have to do anything different then. Mm-hmm. Right? And to your point, Roz, the wonderful thing about COVID, obviously we all know all the not so great stuff. Mm-hmm. The wonderful thing is it just shine these bright lights on so many of these things. And, you know, I say this probably more times in a day than people want me to say any business company organization group team that is operating with blinders on pretending that it is still 2019 you're going to be in deep trouble because right. it's exactly. an absolutely different world and any operating within well this is how we this is how we do it that's how we did it before covid sorry yeah. Yeah, it's so there's so much. So let's go. We've got a few comments. Maria said it's a skill to feel like we belong everywhere and at the same time feel like we don't belong anywhere. Mm. We can master that thought process. Then we are on a good path because um, often people get belonging 
and uh like let me i gotta open up my screen belonging. Yes, belonging and fitting so confused that my my son who is 21 has a skill and it's remarkable to wit uh to witness so thank you for sharing that there's a facebook user out there i don't know why it's showing your name as facebook user that's weird but he said uh that was good casey and then regina said yes we could be the a-hole sometimes <laughs> you are right uh, wow, now that you make me think of that, thanks. I have been uh, the a-hole in the past. Sometimes we all have. David said, people are not their behaviors. Yes. And it's just, this is such a good conversation. Again, I want to go back to those of us who are really living this every day, whether we're in positions of power or just in the world in general. Really, what are we doing to create environments of belonging? Um, so Facebook user said, Roz, I agree your advice was coming from a perspective of a generation that had to hold on to move in the shadows due to social and political norms at the time. And then uh, Cindy said, welcome, Casey, another awesome show. Rhonda, my takeaway, never use the N-word against Murray. <laughs> Just start speaking French. <laughs> that's so great. That is great. And then a Facebook user. Oh, hey, that's Stephanie, my my uh, dear friend, Stephanie. Great. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for letting us know. And then Michelle said, and I also think that we don't always have to belong to every group. Lead yes. with empathy and be uniquely you. So. Michelle, you just touched on the hot button. We don't have time for it in this show, unfortunately, but this is a trigger for me. This whole thing about women not saying women leaders. I don't want to be a women le woman leader. I don't want to be a, a black leader. I don't want to be, I get it, right? I, I, I do, I get it, but that's who I am. Right. Are you telling me I can't distinguish myself by just speaking my truth and staying in who I am, because that's what I feel like. I feel like you're saying blend into this homogenous group and then we'll accept you, right? You don't need to be a woman leader. You're just a leader. No, I am a woman leader. And that comes with unique challenges that I need you to accept, understand and get. I need, there was a show, there's a show out there. there um, what was the show? Oh, a movie, the old SWAT movie. And and the guy's talking to his boss who he knows doesn't really get him. And he said, I need you to feel me on this, <laughs> right? That's what I think about this. I need us all to get that we need to be able to bring our whole selves. Don't make anybody take any parts of their identity away in order to fit in. That's not creating belonging. That is saying you need to be like us and then we'll think about accepting you. So anyway, Wow, what a great show. So everybody, before we forget, one of the things we added was our top twos. So I want you all to think about your top two, top twos, I'm gonna give them to you on the other side of this. All right, so I wanna know your top two favorite vacation destinations. Get that comment room blowing up, type them in there, type them in there. Doesn't matter if you've been there yet or maybe it's on the bucket list. What are your top two favorite vacation destinations that either you want to go to or you've been to and absolutely love? So since I have was privy to the question, I'll go first. And my top two are, you know, I went to Jamaica years and years ago. 
never have I really been any place with that kind of a vibe. It was so chill. It was so wonderful. It was so nice. So I absolutely love it. Have to go back there one day. So that's on my top list. And then recently I had an opportunity to spend two weeks in Anguilla in the British West Indies. I was on that island, lovely little teeny island for two weeks. Amazing. Simply amazing. So I think right now those are my top two subject to change. <laughs> All, right. All right. Who wants to go next? I'll, I'll go next. My top two places, one of them is here in Florida. It's called Sanibel. It's a, 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 it's a, it's a small little island and part of it, you can't take any cars on because it's, you know, like a preserve and the water is pristine and blue and the sand is pure white. And, you know, it, it hasn't been touched by, you know, any contamination, you know, but it's just beautiful, beautiful. The other place I want to go to is Nova Scotia. I want to go there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's my top two. All right. All right. Got two. All right. Uh, who's next? I can go next. So my my top two, the first one is actually in Gabon. It's called the Bay de Tortues. So that's the Bay of Turtles. And it's a very beautiful, you know, island, uh, you know, and the, the beach is just amazing. We went we went there uh, several times with my husband and we didn't have the feeling that we, we, we were out of you know, out of this world. So that's the first place. And the second place is actually, I, I actually love Cancun. I've been there, uh, you know, a long time ago, uh, 15, yeah, yeah, maybe 20 years now. I've enjoyed it. I don't know how it has evolved, but I, I had a great time there. And it was also when, you know, I was still, uh, we're still starting with my husband because he was work, he was living in Texas by then. And so it was really good. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Murray. Casey? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to do one uh, that I've been to often and then one that I want to go to. So the, the first one, actually, it might not sound very exciting, but my husband and I, every year, uh, our favorite little getaway that we do is in northern Minnesota in this tiny little village called Grand Marais. Uh, on the North Shore, and it's absolutely one of our favorite places. Um, the th the place that I have been kind of obsessing about going to, I've not, but I've just been reading a lot and seeing things, is Thailand. Uh, I think it, it looks like just an amazing place, and so that that's kind of a, a bucket list for a place I definitely want to get to. Awesome. Wow, great places. Moray, you didn't know you had a namesake out there, huh? <laughs> yeah, Thailand is is uh, interesting. I, I I love Thailand. It's uh, it's uh, nice. Huh. That's another place that I I really like. And my my daughter actually started to walk in Thailand. We went on holiday, and she there was so much going on. She started to walk. So. <laughs> That's really great. We've got a couple comments out there. Jim says, this has been great. Thanks so much, Rhonda. We will need time next week to process. I, all right, so show's canceled next week, everybody, because you need two <laughs> weeks to think about how good this one was. Just kidding. <laughs> so uh, Kaisha said, hey, Kaisha, great to see you. Key West, Florida and Venice, Italy are the two places she's uh, on her list. And then Michelle said, Jamaica and Italy. Nice. 
Uh, Mom said the Holy Lands and a gospel cruise. Wow, that sounds like it would be pretty amazing. Regina, Naples, Florida, and Hawaii. Well, Hawaii is on my list. I can't believe I haven't gotten there yet. I'm going to make it happen. And then one person, a LinkedIn user. So Stephanie said, Roz, you'll love it. Nova Scotia is my home province. Oh, no, that's a LinkedIn user. I think that's Victoria. Hey, Victoria, great to see you coming in. Um, and so uh, let's see, Regina says a few of her places. And Australia as well. Australia, absolutely. <laughs> and then um, yeah. uh, this is Stephanie. And then Stephanie said, um, absolutely beautiful, Marae. Uh, baby girl has her first steps in Thailand. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So fantastic. As we wrap up this show. Uh, we lost our host. <laughs> That's right. As we wrapped up the so show, so that was wild. <laughs> She's back. I, I got Hello. So excited. I, I just Rhonda got emotionally hijacked. <laughs> <laughs> I got so excited. I just took myself out of the show. <laughs> but I was gonna say, I guess we. I guess I can't hold you all forever. This has been such an amazing discussion and conversation. Oh, we've got to do our cups and we've got to do our little what's in your cup segment. So thank you, Miss Roz. We definitely need a cup shot for this one. Got it. Thank you all. That was amazing. Okay. So think of your final parting thoughts. If you're out there in the audience, please share your final thoughts, your takeaways for the show. Through the show, we have been pouring, pouring, pouring into your cup. So tell us what you're walking away with um, in this show. I, I feel like we really need a part two to this show because we didn't get to talking as much as I wanted to about some, some things that we can all do um, in that. So maybe we can include some of that in our party thoughts. You know, what can we all do from our own individual places to make the world a, a place where people feel like they can belong with their with their whole selves, right? Um, and so let's mm -hmm. include some of that in our final takeaways. And we'll do that right on the other side as we move into the final What's in Your Cup segment. All right, we're going to start with our two amazing co-hosts. Talk about what's in your cup. What are you taking away? Casey, we will end with, uh, with you uh, in the segment. And then you can also be sure to share with us how people can learn about some of the work that you're doing. If you're out there, please start typing in your comments about what you're take away, taking away from this segment as well. So, Ms. Roz, let's start with you. Um, in a comfort zone, you can't be successful. So I learned from Casey that differences make people scared, but we have to use that, that, that scarcity to make us successful. Thank you, mm -hmm. Casey. Nice. Thank you. Thank you, Roz. Moray? What I take from all of it, there's so much, is just that we are in control all the time. So we decide what we want, you know, how we want to relate to people when we want to stop the outburst. And it's, it's a work that we have to do constantly. It's not, you know, it's not something that is set for one day. We, we have to continue to work on ourselves mm -hmm. and understand, you know, the dynamic around us. Mm, in fact, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, Casey? 
I think I, I, this is maybe more not necessarily what I'm leaving in my cup, but something to offer in terms of what, what can we do? And mm-hmm. I think there's so much, obviously, but if I were to kind of offer some immediacy, tangible things, it's for people to really be aware of what do you notice in yourself for when, when that amygdala is starting to fire up, right? And mm-hmm. just be aware of those, those physical, emotional, mm-hmm. psychological signs, right? Do you, does your, you start to sweat a little bit? Maybe you get cold, right? Know what your signs are. And then second to that is when you start to feel those signs, stop, right? And, and remember, you don't have to act on those things. And I find, we talk about this in one of our podcast episodes, I don't remember which one, that the thing that is helpful there is to turn it inward toward being curious with yourself and go, huh, I wonder what I'm scared of. Because that's what it is, right? And it's usually not necessarily literally that other person, right? But it's whatever's going on. Something's getting hooked for you inside. And so be curious about that. Mm, love that. Thank you so much, Casey. Uh, give it, You give us something to take away. And as Jim said, over the course of the next week, we can all really be processing this. So how can people learn more about the work that you do in the world? Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> probably the easiest way you can visit us at a deeperway.com. Um, we have some cool things on there. You can um, even free content, our six foundational tenants, a little assessment tool on there you can check out. Um, and then, like you said, R- um, Rhonda, we have our podcast, Psychology at Work, in which we get in the weeds on all these things and, and laugh quite a bit as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. So out there, so Kahisha says, excellent show. Thank you so much for that. Maria said, this needs a part two. I know, Maria, we say that all the time and somehow we don't do it. We might actually have to do it this time. And maybe we'll do the part two and bring Tim on. How about that? That would be very cool. Um, Regina said, LOL, the host, what? (laughs) Oh yeah, I disappeared for a minute. Um, Let's see, Miss Scorpio. Oh, great to see you out there. Great show, thank you so much. And my takeaway is, I really determine the outcome of any and all situations by my attitude and my behavior. Love that. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for sharing that. I think my takeaway today is I'm walking away with um, curiosity, self-curiosity for me and how I show up in spaces, how I create that zone around me that allows others to feel that they can show up as their whole and complete selves and that that is not only tolerated, but it is welcomed. It is accepted. It is, you know, they are actually having that uh, dance on the the dance floor. And as Marcel yesterday, we're asking them what kind of music they want to dance to. Love that part that he added yesterday. So um, that's what I'm walking away with. What's my role in this? Right. What can I do and what can I contribute to making the world just a little bit better today? So um, I want to thank everybody for being here today. Um, And (laughs) Maria says, I will hold you accountable. Please do. I say that now, Maria, but I might feel different about that later. But thank (laughs) you so much for tuning in to an extended show today. This has been amazing. Thank you all for the extra time and for hanging with us. Don't forget, have you shared this video yet? 
if you're still out there and watching, I told you all in the beginning, this was going to be a good one that you would want to share it. If you haven't shared it, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do that. So for everybody out there, we really, really appreciate. I think we should lighten it up a bit. Should we go out to the Coffee with Rhonda Bounce today? Maybe we should do that, right? I want to see some dance videos. Who out there is willing to send me some Coffee with Rhonda dance videos where you're dancing to the group? All right. Anyway, enough of that. We're going to take the show out. We'll see you all for my host and guests. Stay tuned for just a moment. For everyone else, we will see you back here next week on another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. Take care, everybody. Hey!